0: It's time for The Bright Side, a coaching radio show for changemakers, the organizations and positive leaders creating positive change in the world. The Bright Side is sponsored by P-Link Leadership. At P-Link Leadership, we have one big goal, to accelerate positive change. It's all based on fusing the sciences of human nature with the discipline of leadership to transform the world at work. Or, as we call it, accelerating positive change in a big way. And now as your host, Alexis Robin, Chief Experience Officer and Co-Founder of P-Link Leadership, I'm here to bring you 10 minutes of insight, theory, and actionable tips to support you on your journey of becoming the best version of yourself. Week two of staying relevant as a leader and diving in this week, we are talking about feedback, seeking, and receiving Oftentimes you hear about feedback and a lot of podcasts are focused on how to give feedback, but this one is really about how to stay relevant as a leader. In our four-part series, last week we talked about storytelling and crafting a narrative to influence the senior leadership team, and this week we are talking about becoming good at seeking out and receiving feedback. This is Alexis Robin with The Bright Side, and I'm excited you're back tuning in. Thank you so much for listening. So when you think about feedback seeking and receiving, this is the fastest way to grow. So we need to think differently about it. We can't hold on to these old stories of feedback being bad or hard, Feedback isn't good or bad or right or wrong. It's just good to know. And one of our coaches, Renee Sievert, uh, taught me that. And I say it over and over in almost every coaching session. uh, And I remind myself constantly. We also can't think about feedback as a twice-of-a-year thing. So many organizations do these huge feedback sessions twice a year. It's a mid-year review. It's an annual review. And it's like the one time you get feedback. But feedback really benefits from happening all the time. So we need to change the way we are thinking about feedback. And we need to start thinking about how do we create a culture of feedback and inspiring people to seek it versus training people up on how de- to deliver it and how hard it is to deliver it. I want to share a personal story with you and it, this is about how leaning into your internal landscape can help you understand your relationship with feedback. So years ago, I had a 360 assessment where I got feedback from my colleagues and stakeholders and In that feedback process, we were seeking out the beliefs and assumptions that drove my reactive tendencies. One of the beliefs and assumptions that came up in the digging around there was the belief that I should have known better. Most of these beliefs and assumptions that we have about, uh, most of the beliefs and assumptions that we have that drive reactive tendencies are about our value as a person, our safety as a person or belonging to a group, which is also about safety. As we're digging around there, I thought, I should have known better. That's so interesting. That's a thought that I think a lot. And I used to get feedback that I always had to be right And what I realized in digging into this thinking pattern of I should know better is that I was scared that if I didn't know better, that I couldn't trust myself and that if I couldn't trust myself, I couldn't be safe. So in business, when I would write an article or I would craft a program or I would create something and someone would give me feedback about it. My first response was to get very defensive. And that was just an internal response. It was my, I should have known better coming to the surface. And it made me prickly. And it made me resist taking feedback. And really what would happen is I would get things almost all the way to completion before I'd even ask anyone to look at them. And then I would get really angry if somebody suggested something because then I'd have to go back and redo it. But I never wanted to ask early on because I didn't want to get caught not knowing or having, having not thought of something myself ahead of time. And so when I started working through this with my coach, I recognized this is, you know, number one, this thought shows up everywhere and number two, even in my personal life, and number two, that it's not serving me. It's getting in my way because by resisting feedback, I had built up this reputation that I was really hard to give feedback to. So people in my organization were terrified to tell me anything that would help me grow. Well, that's a problem, especially when you're in the leadership development space. So I spent a lot of time unpacking this and and working through the idea that no one should know everything and that there's a lot of wonderful benevolent sources of feedback in the world that can help you grow faster. By recognizing that and by raising my consciousness to the thought patterns that were driving my reactive tendencies, I was able to notice them when they came up. And so no longer did this kind of subconscious thought have me I could recognize it. And as soon as I'd start to get a little triggered or I'd start to feel a little bit of defensiveness building, when somebody suggested something on a project that I was working on, I reminded myself, Hey, like, this is great. This is going to help make it better. This is going to help you grow. And that was a game changer for me. I'm now, uh, Spoken of in our organization as one of the people who invites feedback, who does a really good job at receiving feedback, is gracious about it, and I have a different reputation. And so um, I'm so glad that I had that coach that helped me uncover that for myself because it really was not visible to me in the process. Really understanding the underlying thinking and assumptions and beliefs that are driving your defensiveness can help you understand this relationship with feedback. Another leader that I respect a lot does this great practice in order to get feedback. Because as you move up the ladder, people give you less feedback. Uh, it gets scarier. Ooh, you're in the C-suite. I'm not going to tell you any feedback. Like that's scary. Uh, it feels easier when we're talking to a brand new manager who doesn't have a lot of road under them, or we're talking to a individual contributor, or maybe even if we're a VP and we're talking to a senior manager. You know, it feels like it's my job to give you feedback, but it can feel really scary to give feedback up the chain. And what that means for all of us is that as we move up the chain, we're getting less and less feedback, which means less and less ability to grow faster. So we have to ask for it. So another leader that I really respect a lot picks one person in the beginning of a meeting or a project to give them feedback. And she asks for something specific, and it might sound like, I'm trying to work on not interrupting, or would you be willing to watch me today and let me know how I did with interrupting? Uh, or sometimes she'll ask, at the end of this presentation, I'm going to ask you to tell me one thing I could do better and one thing I did well. And this way people are watching and ready and they feel safe to give feedback because it's been asked of them and they've had some time to think about it. A mistake that leaders make often is they seek feedback after a presentation or a meeting, but they haven't prompted the person. So the person may not have even been paying attention to their patterns or what was going on in the meeting. And, and then you get kind of this feedback of like, oh no, it was fine. When really the, the truth is actually I wasn't paying attention to you at all. I was watching somebody else, or I was thinking about, you know, a project that I'm working on, um, And so then we think, oh, everything's fine. Great. They said there was nothing to share. So it's important to let people know ahead of time if you want them to give you specific feedback and then make it small and make it specific so they know what they're looking for uh, versus just kind of giving you big picture, mushy, ambiguous feedback. The bottom line is, is if you want to stay relevant as a leader, you have to keep growing. And feedback is the most effective accelerant to getting better as a leader. And the higher up you go, the less people want to give you feedback. So the more intentional you have to be at seeking it out. So just remember, it's not good or bad or right or wrong. It's just good to know. And leaders who think that they've arrived and don't need feedback will become obsolete. Leadership is a lifelong journey, so pack your bags and let's get going. When you think about getting your whole leadership team working from a place where they are constantly seeking feedback, you don't have to spend so much time and money training them all on how to give feedback because everybody's seeking it. And so there's always opportunity to give feedback. To bring P-Link Leadership in to work with your leaders on creating a culture of feedback in your organization or to have us keynote at your event, you can email Stacy S T-A-C-I-E at p-linkleadership.com, or you can fill out a request for a meeting in our contact page on the website at plinkleadership.com. Thanks so much for listening to The Bright Side. If you enjoyed this message today and you have a friend who you think could benefit or a direct report or a senior leader, please forward it on. If you haven't, please subscribe. We are on a host of different podcasting platforms that you can listen to this on. Thanks so much. Have a good week.